0: The next case, number 221284, Ziamara-Santiago versus Municipality of Utado. At this time, would counsel for the appellant please introduce himself on the record to begin.
1: Once again, morning, Your Honors of the Offices of the Court. Kenneth Colombe representing Plaintiff Faculty. Good morning. I-, I would like to reserve two minutes for rebuttal, Your Honors. You may. Okay. I lay my trust before this court so justice will be served. Having said this statement, I'm aware that I have the burden to establish that the district court abused its discretion when they denied the preliminary injunction in this case. And I think I will comply with that standard. Plaintiff was dismissed from her job to a letter dated February 27, 2020. Her dismissal was effective in March 5, 2020. A few days later, in a radio interview in a local, and I say local from the town, WUPR station, the mayor said that the reason for which he dismissed plaintiff was because she was part of a group that carried the bags for Ernesto D'Sa. Ernesto D'Sa was the prior
2: mayor. Counsel, so why, why didn't your why doesn't your client, if, if, assuming that there is merit to her lawsuit, why doesn't she have an adequate remedy at law for money damages? because her her expectation in employment was only for the duration of that one-year contract, which is easily reducible to a dollar figure.
1: Well, the expectation is in that sense is for purposes of the due process claim. However, this court has adjudicated that even transitory employees are entitled to a protection of the First Amendment, and that goes beyond the extent of the contract and I make reference to the case of González de Blasini versus Department of the Family in other words even if you have a transitory uh, appointment that is passed for one year even if that one year elapses and you're not renewed because of political reasons you have a cause of action under the first amendment and that's different from the from the two process claim so i think that in that sense the exposure for liability was even greater not only that but this court has adjudicated that the violation of the of a constitutional right is irreparable harm and that conclusion was reached by the district court to the to the the the, the, the report and recommendation issued by the magistrate judge which is the ground of this appeal because, of course, eventually the district court adopted the report of recommendation. But that's another story. And the court established that –
2: still doesn't answer why money damages wouldn't be sufficient as opposed to equitable injunctive relief.
1: I'm I'm saying, Your Honor, because in the case of Fortunio – and I'm sorry, there are several cases that says that the the mayor violation – of, a, of, of not only the process of, but of a First Amendment claim, it's, it's irreparable harm. So if I can establish that there was a political discrimination claim, I can establish that it was irreparable harm and I'm entitled to a preliminary injunction, not only to the money damages. I understand that usually the exposure is back pay, damages, you know, personal damages, But in this case, there was a violation of a a First Amendment right.
0: Excuse me, Counsel. Just so I understand how you've responded to Judge Thompson's question, are you acknowledging that with respect to the due process claim, your argument that the constitutional claim itself is the irreparable injury, that does not apply to the due process claim? Because it does seem to me that we have indicated there that where money damages would be available to address the injury, that the constitutional violation itself is not the injury. In the First Amendment, that's different. But do you acknowledge there is a difference between oh, the Honor, two? Your I,
1: Honor, I don't – to be frank, Your Honor, I, don't, I think it's the same situation because a due process violation is a constitutional violation. And in the, in the, in the case law says – I think there's a case called Baccaria Tres Monjitas – versus Secretary of Agriculture. Uh, and, so first, and in that case, the court provided that violation, even a violation of an interstate, interstate commerce clause claim is a constitutional violation, and it constitutes irreparable harm. So by the same token, I think that the violation of the due process claim as a constitutional right can constitute also irreparable harm.
0: Yeah. So on the First Amendment claim, I mean the, you know the,
2: well, the district
0: court. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I was going to. Say, yeah. Excuse me. On the First Amendment claim, the district court engaged really in some fact finding when it concluded that you had not established that your client's political affiliation was a substantial motivating factor in the decision. To dismiss her, he, the court took the view that the mayor and those making the decision concluded that she she did not meet the qualifications for the job, and and in addition, based upon an interview with her, he felt she confirmed that he concluded she was not qualified for the job. What as fact finding, if you will, what was what's 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 erroneous about that?
1: First of all. I think that that conclusion was a conclusion of law. To say that she doesn't comply with the minimum requirements or that the appointment was illegal as she provided, that's a conclusion of law. And this court is entitled to review that de novo. Okay. i got several things to say about that. First of all, the reason for which she said that the appointment was illegal was because the – I did call the convocatoria the announce, the employment announcement, required that the, the applicant must have three years of experience in a, in a, in a health style program as minimum requirement and command of the English language. The court held that she only had 17 months of experience in the, in the, in the Head Start program and that w- was not enough. However, there that, that was ample testimony from the office, the personal uh, human resources officer of the of the, the of the Head Start program, where he explained that when she was interviewed by the parents' committee, they took into consideration that she had six years directing the Department of Ornate and, and landscaping and and. And, uh, uh, recycling in which she had a, an opportunity to direct a whole program and, and including the supervision of 23 employees. And the court decided that that would, could be, not, I'm sorry, not the court, but the Paris committee that was the one that recommended her appointment decided that that was, you know, a, a, a substitution or, a, you know, a, uh, or makeup of the of the of that requisite in particular. Besides, if you see the two contracts that were signed by the parties, one dated August uh July 30 that was effective in August, and the other one was uh, signed in December 30 and was effective in, in January first, twenty twenty one. There's a clause that says that the applicant complies with the requisite for the position. The court, I'm, I'm sorry, the the, yes, the district court in the, in the, in the, in the, in the report of her accommodation says that according to the contract, plaintiffs certify that she complied with the requirements. But if you see the contract, which is marked as an exhibit, that's not exactly correct. What actually happened was that both parties agreed that she complied with the requirements. So I, I, and, and there's something very interesting here, Your Honor. That that situation goes into the Mount Healthy Defence, as we know. And there's a very interesting comment in the case of Reyes Cardona versus Puerto Rico Highway Authority, which is quoted in the brief and is also I think it's quoted in the in the report of recommendation, in which Judge Hawkins, sitting by designation, makes an analysis between the distinction of a Mount Healthy defence and uh, and, uh, and, according to the Constitution and the requirements of uh, employment discrimination on the Title nine and the Title VII in, in, and, or employment discrimination in general according to the McDonald's Douglas versus Green Standard. On the McDonald's Douglas, you, we got three-
0: You're running over your time. Could you, could you wrap it up? Your time is, is, you're well over your
1: time. Okay. I, I, I just gonna say that on the Malhealthy, as opposed to McDonald Douglas, on the Mount Healthy, the, the, the defendant, the, the, there are two problems. The establishment of the, of the constitutional violation, et cetera, and then the, the non-discriminatory reason. On the, on the, under the, the, the Mount Healthy, the defendant has a burden of proof, as opposed to a burden of frustration on the McDonald Douglas. And, and I, we understand that defendant, did not comply with that burden of proof, taking into consideration all the other uh, 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 elements of the case and all the other facts, which I would be glad to explain, but I'm, thang- I'm out of time. Yes, thank, so, you.
0: thank you, counsel.
1: I appreciate Your Honor. And once more, I lay my trust upon this court so justice will be served.
0: Thank you. At this time, would counsel for the appellee please introduce himself on the record to begin?
3: Morning, Your Honors, uh, Eliezer Alarondo, on behalf of Appellant Municipality of Utuado, may it please the court. Uh, Your Honor, the district court did not abuse its discretion. The court conducted a very thorough factual analysis as to plaintiff's First Amendment political discrimination claim. The due process claim, the First Amendment discrimination claim is, in my view, plaintiff's stronger case before this court. Uh, As just Thompson pointed out, uh, plaintiff held a transitory employee, Employment and had not established irreparable injury. In the, ta- in the case we cited, in page 16 of our brief, um, case from this court, uh, Town of West Newbury, uh, this court held that irreparable injury is an element of a uh, preliminary injunction involving due process. That is not the case, of course, in the case of First Amendment. But like I said, the district court engaged in a very thorough factual analysis. The court reviewed the party submissions. Can I
0: ask you this? Yes. Can, you, um, can you explain whether the termination here followed the usual protocols and then related to that, was there a violation of Ordinance 29, which I think Ms. Santiago alleges, and if there was, does that change the outcome here or not?
3: Your Honor, uh, in, in terms of protocols, uh, the municipality uh the mayor made the the recommended decision of terminating plaintiffs uh, around early February 2021. That decision was submitted to the committee. Uh, In our view, it doesn't matter whether the municipality broke protocol or did not for purpose of a First Amendment claim unless causation is established. There's no evidence on the record that the breaking of protocol or anything along those lines responded to plaintiffs' political affiliation. The, the record rather establishes uh, I mean new administration that comes in there's certainly issues and this happens well what
2: about the, what about the comments he made on the radio and uh, and, and I, I understand that your, your position is that he was talking about a lot of people but he called her by name
3: yes your honor uh, that is my understanding as well the district court examined that interview
2: but he called her by name
3: they what there, there were ver- different matters discussed in that interview. Uh, they discussed her termination, and what the mayor said in that termination was precisely the reasons why he terminated her. That she was not, that she did not know or was not aware of, of basic aspects of the Head Start operation. The district court probed plaintiff. Well,
2: let me, let me ask you that because, according to the record, there was a, a meeting in which employees of that agency, including the plaintiff here, were, were questioned and the brief makes a big deal out of her being asked seven questions that she was unable to answer. Is there anything in the record that suggests that the questions that were presented to her would have been part of her duties as the deputy director? In mm. other words, were the were the questions aligned with whatever her resume or job qualifications my,
3: my were? My understanding is that it is. Uh I, the district court, in my recollections that made a point about that. Uh the her duties required her to substitute the director whenever necessary and as a director of a head start program, at the very least she should have known basic uh operational uh uh matters and, and the questions were actually directed about basic operational program matters. And she did not know the answers. And more importantly, the district court went far and beyond the, the causation uh, prong to even inquire as to the reasons for her termination, probe her on that, and, and made a ruling on the record that she, that she failed to answer or respond to the most basic questions regarding the operation of the program. Uh, so that's and even And even if they weren't within the purview of her duties, then we, we still come back to the issue of causation and whether her termination or whether that decision was made because of her political affiliation. And there's no evidence on the record that that were the case. This is not the case like other cases before the court. And I'll give it. There was temporal proximity, uh, but there's no, not a case like other cases where there's mass layoffs, substitutions uh, in terms of one political party comes in and substitutes everybody with members of their own affiliation. There were no political comments. There was nothing along those lines. Even that radio interview when he speaks about her termination, Your Honor, he's referring, uh, he, all he gives is the very reasons why, in his view, he terminated her. Uh, he does go on, like I said before, and discusses other matters. He makes some comments, like Brother Council said, about carrying the bags, but that's referring to municipal legislators, members of a political body, I mean, and I mean, it was an all-encompassing interview, and the district court examined it and made a ruling about it. Uh, Not only was the district court's ruling thorough, uh, but the district, uh, the magistrate judge, but the the district court further reviewed the record de novo as a whole and and uh, and adopted it. Uh, So again, the district court had four days of 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 evidentiary hearings, uh, heard testimony, pro plaintiffs. And not only found that there was no, that concession was lacking, but also found that, uh, uh, there were valid reasons for her termination based on the answer she gave on the stand.
0: Counsel, the <clears throat> opposing counsel said that with respect to whether she was qualified for the job, that's a, an issue that we reviewed de novo because the district court indicated that as a matter of law, she was not qualified because one, she did not have the educational qualifications, and I think district court also concluded that this job was not properly noticed as being available. Uh, is, is that is that correct? Was that part of the problem?
3: Mm, no, Let, let's parse that a bit, and thank you for the question because I, I think there was a bit of confusion with that comment. Okay, At first, yeah. Uh, this court, in my view, is the same the same position. I mean, whether the employment is illegal or not, is an issue of law that this court can very well review the novel. I agree with that. I also th- think that this court is in the very same position as the district court in determining whether the uh, whether she complied with the stated uh, requirements of the job. It's a document. It's on the record. Uh, again, in my view, the the relevant standard here in, and and requires deference on the district court in this regard. But I I, I think it's fair to say that the court it's in the very same position because all it requires is looking at a document and comparing whether uh, and the evidence on the record and which is uncontested and comparing whether she met those requirements. Uh, the determination of the district court was that she did not. Uh, in my view, that's relevant both for First Amendment and due process because it goes to the amount healthy, and then it also goes as to the whether the employment was – whether she had a property interest or did not. Uh, but again, the district court went, analyzed those points, held that she did not meet the requirements, uh, and I think it's uncontested that she did not meet those requirements. Uh, Clientel is trying to uh, make a distinction that was not raised in their objections to the report and recommendation in the court below. Uh, to make a distinction that somehow, even though she did not meet the requirements because she was eventually hired, her failure to do so, somehow ex- uh, that somehow excuses her failure to, to comply or meet the requirements. Because in the end, she was hired. I mean, that's not the law. Uh, going back to the Kaufman case in 1988 from this court, uh, employments uh, that violate for them. I mean, appointments in violation of Puerto Rico law do not create a property interest. It has been established time and time again, and the fact of the matter is that, uh, she did not comply with those job requirements. Now, with how that affects her political discrimination case, it may go to the Mount Healthy, but again, before we get there, she has to establish causation. She did not. The district court found she did not. And even as to the Mount Healthy, what the district court found was that that was one of two factors that could have justified her dismissal or that justified her dismissal. The other factor was her failure to, uh, uh to, 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 to answer the questions of the meeting with the governor, her lack of knowledge of basic Head Start operations. And again, she, that was probed on the record, uncontested. And, and for that reason, I don't think the determination based on the requirement somehow affects the due process, the the, the the First Amendment claim. If anything, it goes to the due process claim. If anything, this, uh, in our view, this, the district court got it right. And if for some reason it did not, that does not justify uh, reversing a preliminary injunction because, like Judge Thompson asked, there's no irreparable injury here, which is a requirement of a preliminary injunction in the, in the due process claim.
0: Do you agree that that issue, the fact that money damages would address the injury, that applies only to the due process claim and not the First Amendment claim. Do you agree with that?
3: Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you.
0: Thank you, counsel, at this time. Counsel for the appellant has a two-minute rebuttal. I'm
1: going to go backwards. First of all, regarding the questions that – The defendant alleged that she was lacking of knowledge in the meeting that took place in the municipality. The record shows that neither one of the people that answered questions, that were asked questions regarding the subjects of the Head Start program by the mayor and this person called Mena, Manuel Mena, none of them answered the questions properly. And regarded to plaintiff, what she says was that The answer to those questions were, could be answered by the, by the, by the actual director of the department, Mr. Christian, I don't remember his last name, but it's in the record, and he was not around. And she said, I can ask him, and you can, and you can, and you know, and I can bring you the information. The details I'm not going to discuss because I don't have time, but I, I could. Anyway. The thing is, but
2: but his response to that was that your client was expected to step into the shoes of the director in the event of his absence. Is that that not supported by the First
1: first of all, first of all, she was not a substitute. She was not appointed director. She was appointed deputy director. Second, at that time, the director was still there, only that he had a quarter with the mayor and he had to report under sick leave and eventually he resigned. So it's unfair first of all, to require her to know as much as the director at that moment in particular, and second, it's far-fetched to claim that the reason for, for her dismissal was the lack of knowledge. If you see the letter dated February 27, first of all, no reason was given there. Second, no chance for a, pre- for a pretermination hearing was given. So I think that this... Uh, uh, excuse that she did not complain, she did, ha- she had no knowledge of the, of the, of the process or of the proceedings and the, deport- and the health care program. is a mere pretext. It was not, ta- it, w- it was not considered actually. Okay, and then going as to the, 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 the cost relation. I can, I can explain since that, you know, the cost relation, the political discrimination, the claims, the mayor in her notes in junior high school the quaver that they had an in, in August in August twenty twenty before the elections, in which the mayor accused her that she was committing fraud and that she was in the list of federal government for investigating for fraud, which I understand that was false, but anyway, and then the the, the comment regarding that she was carrying the backs to the mayor, it, it included other people. He he answered in plural, but he answered that question in specific when the interviewer
0: asked him about Suomala. Yeah, so just very quickly, I, but there was a testimonial hearing, covered several days. The district court judge heard your client testify, and based on his observation of her testimony, he developed concerns about her qualifications for the job, which echoed what he understood were the concerns of the of the mayor about her qualifications. So he, that that is a factual determination, is it not? He, he felt, hearing her testimony, that the concerns about her qualifications for the job were justified. Did he not make that okay. finding?
1: First of all, it wasn't the judge; it was the magistrate. It was chief. Excuse it was me. Magistrate okay. Lopez.
0: Right. I understand.
1: Second, yeah. the, the the particular comment is that chief noted some sort of lack of knowledge. I agree with that, that she said that. But that, that was a fact, that was not a, a fact ground to establish that she did not comply with the requisites of the position. The, the factual ground or the legal ground was that she did not comply with the requisites in terms of experience in the health care program. So she may understand that the witness, you know, in her in her when she was was testifying, I don't know. She could be nervous. She could show some kind of confusion in general terms. But from that to to conclude that that justified her dismissal is a far-fetched conclusion, Your Honor. And I respect the the magistrate judge's perception in that case. But I understand that it was not enough.
2: Thank you. Your time is up.
1: Thank
0: you. Thank you, counsel. That concludes argument.